0: this is the rock and roll autopsy podcast all right i'm gonna zap her again charge up the paddles
1: come on let's go let's go sorry don't Hold the compressions. Clear.
0: Straight line. Good evening and welcome to Rock and Roll Autopsy. We are the Forensic Files on your radio dial. My name is Scott, and have we got a great show for you tonight? No, we don't. Damn it! The phone is ringing again. It's the request line. All right, let's pick it up. WRNRA, East of the Rockies. Hey, breather, what's going on, man? You've been given a cautionary warning that your reckless behavior poor decision-making, and copious substance abuse will inevitably lead toward an untimely and tragic demise? That's terrible. What are you going to do? What do you mean you'd sober up but our podcast only makes sense when inebriated? Listen, you called the request line. Is there a song you'd like us to perform an autopsy on? I said... (laughs) That smell by leonard skinnard you got it all right buckle up gang the subject of our rock and roll autopsy tonight will be that smell by southern rock royalty leonard Skinnerd. we'll get the show started after these very important messages from our sponsors What's up, music nerds? Are you tired of wading through a sea of mediocre music desperately seeking to find a glimmer of greatness? You're in luck. My name is Mark, and I am the host of the podcast Songs That Don't Suck. Each week, I scour the depths of new music playlists to unearth hidden gems that defy the trends and deliver pure sonic bliss. No matter the genre, if it doesn't suck, it's on my radar. So find us on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. And as always, keep searching for and listening to Songs That Don't Suck making news what is this garbage you're watching i want to watch the news this is the news all right gang we've got our intrepid rock and roll beat reporter rico good on the line seven time silver sow award winner rico how the hell are you G- g- greetings! I'm good, good, great. No, Gunners. how are you? Uh, not too g- shabby.
1: <laughs> so, um, gosh, man, I he I, I hate to keep beating a dead horse here with this, but I feel like I mean, there's a I guess there's a point to me talking about this. So, Ozzy Osbourne has has updated everybody on his the current state of his health, Scott. He's got blood clots, right? Talks about the blood clots, how they they they're, they get like the plumber snake out and into and they're trying to get the fucking blood clots out of his legs. Dude's old. He's like 150 years old. He's got blood clots. The dude is like, I, I don't get it. But my point here is he doesn't need the money anymore, and I feel like. The industry, it's not his fault. I'm going to stop blaming him for wanting to tour because he was going to do this. I'm going to stop blaming him for wanting to do this. I blame the industry for not letting him fucking retire, Scott. I blame... I blame us for talking about it. I blame people for wanting to buy to continually buy tickets to his shows. I feel like the promoters won't leave him the fuck alone and they keep badgering him to go on tour and he probably if somebody would just say like if somebody that that he that that he would listen to remotely said listen Oz, it's okay man. The industry doesn't need you anymore. It's okay to retire i think he probably would hang it up dude but everybody keeps fucking badgering him to keep going they're gonna be trotting his ass out there in a goddamn coffin i don't get it why do they
0: keep bugging him about this shit? so what you're trying to say is this is like rocky four where apollo creed is fighting drago and we all know he has no business fighting the fight but why is he out there he's proud right and he feels the pressure from his fans and from the sports media about media to be out there and you and I we're like rocky with the towel in our hand and we hesitate and don't throw it when we know we should the match is o- or the fight is over right exactly and we were hesitating we're not throwing the towel to save apollo from being killed in the ring by drago if you remember I remember, and like here's I Ozzie. wanted him
1: to throw that fucking towel, dude. I'm like, throw the goddamn towel, man. He's gonna fucking kill. He's gonna
0: get killed. We need to throw the towel. I, so I, get and, him out and, of there. Ozzy's gonna get killed if he goes back out there again. Right? Then He's that, all clotted the, up, dude. I'm no
1: doctor, but you can't be all clotted up. I'm agreeing, dude. I like that's the point. Like I, I'm changing. I'm trying to switch gears on the whole Ozzy thing. I please. For the love of God, whoever the promoters are, the people who are running these festivals, like all the Oz fan clubs that are out there, I want you to collectively tell him that it's okay to retire. Because it is. He's done, he, he's contributed everything that he could possibly contribute to rock and roll, Scott. Don't you think you could speak to this way more than I could?
0: He was in the band that literally invented heavy metal. Right? He gave the world Randy Rhodes, one of the greatest guitar players in the history of rock. Randy got inducted into the Hall of Fame all by his lonesome, by the way. Okay. I mean, how many times has that happened? Like never. Ozzy gave us Randy. Ozzy went on cable television in the 90s and mumbled a lot and looked lost in his own home. We needed that as a country.
1: We did because it made us feel better about our
0: pathetic lives. That's right. Ozzy chewed the head off of a bat for our amusement. True. He got rabies and had to get shots in his rear end to entertain he, snor- he, he snorted ants because he thought it would be fun.
1: He made Motley Crue look respectable. What else do we need from him that he hasn't already done, Scott? That's my question.
0: He walked into the offices in nineteen eighty of CBS Records and in an effort to impress them released doves into the room and then grabbed one and bit its head off because that was now his shtick. That's his thing, dude. Like what else the is- talent it takes to do that and what he's uh, given the world. Uh,
1: we anything, anything and anything he does now, now we run the risk of tainting his legacy at this point in time. So I'm begging everybody to please encourage him to hang it up, man.
0: Just please. Ozzy was shrewd enough to surround himself with talented people and then not pay them and take credit for their work. (laughs) 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 We need more of that. No, we don't. Stop. He needs to retire.
1: Would we even have a Zach Wild without Ozzy? No. No. Of course not. Which means we which means Pantera wouldn't be touring right now if it wasn't for Ozzy indirectly. That's right.
0: Thank you, Ozzie. He gave us OzFest, where I attended an OzFest at the Akron Rubber Bowl one year, and I saw a woman lift her shirt in the crowd and her breasts were painted. Thank you, Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think
1: anything else needs to be said. The dude, please. He's... All right. In all seriousness... He's what, how old is he now? 75, right? He's 175 years. 175. Old, you're right. I'm looking. Yep. Okay. So uh, this, this health update has come like from every single music news source known to man. But I, I picked one from blabbermouth, um, thought I'd give Loudwire a break, uh, tonight. Um, and I'm looking at a picture of him and this is a recent picture, dude. He just looks, he doesn't look bad. He just looks old and done, and like he looks like he he needs to just get a cup
0: of tea and some biscuits, and just watch some TV, man. He's all clotted up, dude. Ever throw the towel, Rico? Seriously? You're the media. Throw the towel, damn it! I, I am th- I am throwing the virtual towel in right the fuck now,
1: right now. The towel's been thrown.
0: All right, Ozzy. Rock all and right. Roll Autopsy says you. Can take it easy, buddy. You're you done. you can,
1: man. Take you're done. Take a vacation, brother. You're you you've had a lot good run. Let's let's uh put it to bed now. And I know it's not your fault. Anyway, all right. Before we get to the one that I really want to talk about, the the um Do- Dolly Parton has released another single off of her <clears throat> rock album. Uh, Scott, would you like to? Would you like to? Uh, talk about this she she covered we are the champions by queen um now what was the other one that we talked about do you remember because i can't remember she did
0: a song with uh with um rob halford On vocals and Nikki Six on bass and well uh, well and and stop did he John (laughs) Fox on guitar. We can't have that digression. Was
1: Nikki Six really on bass? Uh all right, I said it. Anyway, the point of that discussion was was it was a very professional sounding recording. Dolly Parton is a pro, she's a pro's pro. She did she did what she could with it. It sounds good just because it's Dolly, right? well I don't feel the same way about this one this is we are the champions I think it sounds like ass what do
0: you think I hated every second of it I honestly listened to it and I thought they should they should she should be the first person who's been stripped of their rock and roll hall of fame induction and we love Dolly Parton we meaning we me, we meaning I I'm not speaking for you I love Dolly Parton too she's amazing but her induction was questionable from the outset. She tried to get out of it, and then she releases this ridiculous record. And this cover, not only is it unnecessary, but it's it's obviously unnecessary. But it's hard to get through. It's a tough listen. I mean, she Awful. sounds fine, but it's just... It's okay, fast, Rico... Huh? Do you, do you know who John you like? Do you like John Waters? You know who John Waters is? Um, I probably know who that is, but it's not ringing about The, right the guy with the pencil mustache who directed pink flamingos and the other like yeah, trashy okay. drive-in yeah, yeah, yeah. cinema fair, the yeah. most mainstream movie of his being hairspray. Right. Got it. <clears throat> well, I love John Waters, and every time this guy does an interview, I watch it. Well, he did an interview with Bill Maher, and so I had to watch it. because John Waters is fucking 77 years old, and he's a hero of mine. So I watch it, and he doesn't disappoint me, he's just as brilliant as he always is. But John Waters said in this interview, and I thought it was so great because they were talking about movies, and he said, Why do they keep remaking good movies? They should remake the bad ones. Don't remake <laughs> the good ones. And Jesus, I it's like how profound of a statement is that? Yeah, and it's like, yes, so I so about Dolly, why are you remaking We Are the Champions? It's one of the greatest songs ever, it's an iconic piece of music. And she doesn't stop there. This album, I think she covers fucking Stairway to Heaven on it. It's like, why are you covering? For one thing, they're just like the most obvious kind of like um, on the nose choices one could make if they weren't familiar with the rock genre. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I just hate everything about this cover. So anyway. Do you do you think now? I, I don't think this is. I don't know.
1: Maybe, maybe not. But do, do you? do you think that she might be tanking these on purpose to kind of disassociate <laughs> herself from the whole rock thing?
0: Well, let me ask you, why or did you is she st-
1: too much of a pro for that?
0: I, I think this is an honest offer, but let me ask you, why well, did you, specifically, why did you dislike this as much as you did? Um, Well, I, I just, because it's such
1: an iconic song, dude, yes. first of all, to your point, And second of all, I just don't think she does a very good job with it. I mean she it's in it's in her range because she's female but right. i just don't think it's the it's both of those things a because that's such a gigantic song that and b because i just don't think she pulled it off very well i just don't think the vocals are that good i think it sounds awkward and not not great do you know what yeah, it sounds
0: like it sounds like karaoke
1: to me bam that's a perfect that's exactly what it sounds like it sounds like a professionally engineered karaoke
0: session and that's not good dude if she was gonna remake it she needed to make it her own and she doesn't it just sounds like karaoke and it's it's uh it's a song to john water's point why are we remaking the good songs you know why are we remaking the good movies people should just go back and watch the good movies they're already good Try to take another stab at the bad ones.
1: Wouldn't a more strategic move with this album before we move on to the next one? um, Wouldn't a more strategic move have been to just pick some songs, some like rarely heard songs that if you redo this, redo the song and somebody finds out which one you're redoing, then your automatic reaction is like, holy crap, that's a cool song. I haven't heard that in a long time. I can't wait to see what she does with that. Right. Wouldn't that be
0: a better strategy? yeah it's it it comes off as a gimmick is what it comes off right as. yeah so speaking of gimmicks
1: on to our next one i can't wait to hear what you have to say about this i'm i'm trying to be open-minded about this but roger waters as you know because i'm sure you've listened to it plenty of times already has released his version of money You know, he's redoing Dark Side of the Moon because he is the creative backbone behind Pink Floyd, which I kind of agree with, actually. Um, But before I give you my opinion, I want to hear or do you want me to give you my opinion first? I don't want to like put you like under the gun on this.
0: Do you want to give your opinion first? I don't have the decades of journalistic credibility behind me that you do. So I have to defer to you when it comes to the news and how you handle the news okay
1: so i'll i'll give you my opinion first then my uneducated you know whatever you want to call it i i appreciate the fact that it's it's his gig it's his deal i i don't say what you want about david gilmore pink floyd would be zero without roger Waters' contribution he is and was Pink Floyd in my opinion Um, I appreciate the fact that he's Trying to go a different route with this um, But It's terrible It sounds like some (laughs) awful Like It sounds like It sounds like Lou, Lou Reed after like A four day bender on a Sunday morning And you threw a microphone in front of his face When he's half asleep That's what it sounds like to me i appreciate what i appreciate the out of the boxedness i really like out of the box stuff as you know and i appreciate that but this sounds really assy dude the real like low-key grovelly half-asleep blue reed spoken word shit i'm just not I, i can't wait to hear the rest of the album because i truly i want to enjoy it i'm not feeling this dude
0: you um well, this is where I'll I'll sound, I'll totally contradict everything I said during the discussion about the Dolly Parton songs. And in a Dolly Parton song, I quoted John Waters from a recent Bill Maher thing and said, why redo the good songs? You know, why redo the good movies? You should redo the bad ones, right? Which I thought was brilliant. So the same could apply to this, right? And it's, you know, equally as iconic as We Are the Champions comes off of what one could argue is the greatest rock album of all time and the dark side of the moon, um, also feels entirely unnecessary. We don't need another interpretation of the song money. So I, and I'll also say just in general, I don't ever want to hear money again. I've heard money enough in my life that I don't ever, (laughs) I can literally say I, if I live if the average Caucasian male lives to be 74 in the U S you know, then I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm staring down my last, you know, 25 years here. So it's like, um, I'm probably good going a quarter of a century without seeing, (laughs) without hearing money
1: of all the the Pink Floyd songs. That would be the last one that I want to hear again.
0: There are several I never want to hear again, but this one is certainly one of them. So um but I will contradict myself a little bit. I have a soft spot for Roger Waters solo stuff. Much of his solo material sounds like this. So it does you do get the Leonard Cohen, Tom Waits kind of gravelly, half spoken really all spoken delivery his last solo record i thought was brilliant the i can never get the title of the damn thing right which is a problem when you release a title an album you should title it something people can remember but it's called something like is this the life we really wanted it's got the redacted Mueller report on the cover but, but um but that's what a lot of that sounds like it sounds like this you know so, and I love that record. I mean, I sincerely do. I think it's the best Pink Floyd record since the final cut. And so, so I didn't have as big a problem with this. I, but I think if you go back, and I'm sure if you go back, I can't remember what episode we talked about, this dark side redo on we talked about it in a previous news segment but i think we both of us came to the conclusion that ultimately the world doesn't need or want this and i think most people are really gonna hate this i mean i did look at the comments i've listened to it many times actually but i i was listening to it on spotify before you sent me the lyric video um i i'm i'm gonna probably give this record some listens and i'll be honest with you i wouldn't listen to at this point in my life the dark side of the moon again i've heard it enough for one lifetime but i'll probably be one of the few people who listen to this one and enjoy it for a little while you know um but yeah it's it's somber there's not a lot happening musically it's it's repetitive they replace the entire musical interlude with a poem yeah Um, i mean yeah they what i guess uh, i need to explain
1: myself a little more here's i guess there's a few things that make even though we've heard money ad nauseum and i'm tired of hearing it there's a few things that make it special before we wrap this up a this song starts out in five four time Yep. that makes it special, okay? The next thing for me that makes it special is the killer fucking tenor sax solo that's in this in this yep. song. It's when it shifts kit- to 4-4. Four, four. And then when it, that's the other thing, when it shifts to 4-4 four, four time from 5-4 yep. time and you throw in that badass tenor sax solo, those things are what makes that song special. And he has completely stripped all of that. Notice I didn't mention the guitar solo he stripped all of what made that song special out of that song
0: yeah it's nowhere to be found it's not even it's not even with I mean really you would not know it's money if you if the lyrics were not recognizable because he's not even really there's a little bit of the melody to the delivery and a little bit of the melody in the orchestration behind him but it's very very subtle and if you if the lyrics weren't so immediately identifiable imagine if he was reciting some other lyrics over it you might struggle to even recognize it as money which is probably if you're going to redo this record the right approach in a way because why would you do all those other things because you're not going to recapture the magic of that instrumental breakdown you're just not going to You know, so in a way, it's like best just to avoid it because you're just not you're not. That was magic. (laughs) You know, you're not going to recapture that. You know, I don't know what he's going to do for the great gig in the sky, but you're not going to recapture that vocal performance that that singer delivers, you Mm -hmm. know, so the one that lives next to your British buddy. Yeah. Claire, Claire Torrey,
1: uh, lives next door to a guy. I worked with brother and yeah, I mean, and the guy I work
0: with like knows Claire Torrey grew up, grew up knowing her that That vocal performance is literally magic. I mean, you're never recapturing that. So I don't, so it's best just not to try, you know, um, but I think the thing that's different with the Dolly thing and the Roger thing, yeah, is the Dolly thing. As you're, they're both covering songs that we don't need to hear a cover of. They're both covering iconic songs, but one of them feels like I like the money cover for as maybe as abrasive and jarring as it might be to many, at least feels like art to me. Whereas the Dolly Parton cover doesn't even feel like art. It just feels very commercial, you know? And so... Totally agree with you 100%. So at least if Roger's going to fail miserably with this, I get the sense that he's doing it from like an artistic place. This doesn't feel like a money grab. If anything, it'll chase people away from him. (laughs) Right, which which is,
1: you know, what I was trying... I guess that's what I was trying to say when I was, you know, when I put all my caveats in here and all my disclaimers is that i appreciate the artfulness of what he's trying to do i just don't think that this one is that good but i appreciate what he's attempting though
0: do you know what the dolly cover feels like and we'll tie it back to ozzy it feels like that fucking patient number nine record where it just feels like a corporate produced in a lab song you know, like yes. there was like a board of directors that worked on this thing and put it together, you know, so right. it doesn't feel authentic in any way. Right there. They're Ivan Drago in Rocky four IV where Ivan,
1: Ivan Drago is totally lab created and there's nothing authentic. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing authentic about it. It's yeah. just totally lab and engineered and not, he's not even a real person anymore. Oh
0: gosh. Yeah. That's funny.
1: All right enough about that so we're gonna take a a quick break and when we get back we're gonna talk about a band who was named after one of their high school teachers so stick around before
0: you go if you like heavy metal and stories then you'll love battle of the bands the narrative form metal podcast that unpacks the biggest rivalries in rock and metal history season one took in Megadeth versus Metallica. In Season 2, went across the divide to explore the beef between Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. It's like Business Wars, but metal. Find Battle of the Bands wherever you listen to your podcasts or visit battleofthebandspod.com. We are gathered here to remember rock and roll. Rock was born the rambunctious son of country western and blues. In the year of our Lord, 1955 on this day the birth of rock and roll gifted under the world a gyrating pelvis a throbbing beat and a pulsating rhythm a sound so infectious and rollicking that it would endow previously scrupulous young minds with identity individualism and purpose thus setting forth a multi-generational pursuit of all that is loud, debaucherous, and unholy. But, sadly, like all earthly endeavors, rock too must perish. Oh, we mourn the loss of rock and roll with its ridiculously old standard bearers still on tour and charging ungodly amounts of mad jack to witness their long past the sell by date asses on stage, and with its chauvinism, misogyny, and whiteness no longer aligning with modern sensibilities, and with its aging, fist shaking fan base kicking every would be rocker off their proverbial lawn, rock has indeed passed into the celestial void. May rock rest in peace in eternal cacophonous slumber. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Scott. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. The Autopsy Report.
1: All right, welcome back. Tonight, we're going to be talking about that smell by leonard skinner released in october of 1977 just three days before the tragic uh, um plane crash actually um recorded a little bit earlier that year recorded at studio one in doraville in georgia um this is a southern rock band dude we're gonna be talking southern rock welcome welcome southern rock to our autopsy this is our first southern rock i believe labels mca long song dude five minutes and 47 seconds uh ronnie van zant and alan collins wrote this and uh tom dowd is the producer, but the big question is Is that the, the rotting smell of the corpse of rock and roll from this song? Does this song smell Scott? We're <clears throat> gonna find out, man. Take it away.
0: Thank you, Rico, for that fine autopsy report it's rock and roll autopsy the song is that smell off the album street survivors leonard skinner man rico you have a relationship with leonard skinner wasn't that the music that like it was playing in your household from your uh, older sisters as a young buck back in the day that is a fact, like part of part of
1: uh, my sister's repertoire in the late 70s, uh, as I was in single digits was, in fact, Leonard Skinner. So I and Almond in the in the Almond uh, Brothers, actually. So I got a lot of Almond Brothers. I got a lot of Leonard Skinner growing up for sure. And then some 38 special, which is kind of an offshoot of Leonard Skinner.
0: So I definitely grew up listening to this stuff, no doubt. Nice. Well, we got to find out if it did indeed kill rock and roll. So to do so, dear listener, we have developed over 80 episodes, a proprietary and scientific method to get to the bottom of the death of rock and roll. It contains five categories. Rico, before I go any further, if you had young children like, I don't know, like seven year old, Children, what is that? Second grade, third grade, whatever that is. Uh seven you know,
1: years, like second, somewhere in there, right? Yeah. Right. So yes, right, some, right.
0: some 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 young whipper snappers, and they wanted to attempt to perform an autopsy on rock and roll using our proprietary scientific method. Easy for me to say, Rico, yeah. what would you tell those children? I'd say if you
1: try doing this, you're going to put your fucking eye out. You'll put your eye out. You don't want to put your eye out, dude, because if you guys try this, you will put your goddamn eye out and we need both eyes. We need to be able to see where we're going in life. So don't try this. Just leave it up to
0: us. I agree 100%. So we're going to handle it. Okay. We've got five categories. They are gratuitous boomerism, excessive misogyny, wanton whiteness malignant machismo and culture vulturism category one is gratuitous boomerism rico how do you score well america southern rock
1: is inherently i mean you can't like if you look up boomerism you're going to see southern rock and their southern rock is boomer music dude it is boomer 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 these guys are boomers let's take that out of this this is southern rock and southern rock is boomer man so yeah they get a full-on one for me on this one for sure
0: yeah, it's funny. I'm trying to find the, uh, you know, I'm trying to find, I'm just struggling with, uh, the internet right now, but it looks yeah. like, you know, I'm, I found Johnny Van Zant being born in 1960, actually younger than I thought, but I, I, for whatever reason, I'm struggling to find Ronnie and I don't want to waste precious podcasting time, uh, scrolling through Wikipedia.
1: Well, and he is the, uh, Ronnie would be
0: the older brother. Yes, and he's born in forty-eight. So wow. Okay, there we go. Okay. So um yeah, correct. Yes, January 15th, 1948. Yeah. So we're we're firmly in, you know, boomer territory here, right? So I mean that's boomer star what forty-five. So yeah, but you're right. We don't have to look at birthdays. We can we can just look at the genre itself, you know. This is these these
1: quote unquote cautionary tale songs. There's nothing not boom. the do as I say, not as we'll get to that, that these type of cautionary tale songs are so fucking boomer. It's disgusting.
0: Well, what's really great about it, too, is that, you know, how many times did your your mom or your old man tell you, like, my dad would be classic for like, you know, listen, I don't want you drinking or smoking while well, he had like a Budweiser and a cigarette in his hand. <laughs> and that's like the classic. Exactly, That's the most boober shit ever, right? Dude, hey, d- do what I say, not as I do, eh? <laughs> so How many times it, you heard that? I'm going to give it a one. What did you give it, Rico? I, uh, I gave it a one as well. All right, sorry. I missed it somewhere along the line. Yep. I was just so wrapped up in my own shit. <laughs> Speaking of smells, by the way. Speaking of smells, speaking of smells, you know, quick digression, Rico, I had a box of don't ask how my mom gave it to me. I don't know whether she just was trying to make me sick or what, but she gave me a box of frozen white castle cheeseburgers. Holy shit. Really? That's best day ever. Yes. Well, check it out. You know my wife's a vegetarian, right? So That's she's true. out. She's out shopping one day, and I decide, oh, she's gone. I'm gonna fire up one of these fucking cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah, baby.
1: So <laughs> just I've, just one. That's like well, a tease, I, right? they're in a
0: sleeve of two, right? So <laughs> yeah, I, I cook them up in the microwave. I follow yeah. all the instructions. I enjoy them. They tasted great. She gets home and her face turns so sour the second she walks in the door. And she's like, What is that smell? And I'm like, And I played it off. I'm like, What? What? What smell? What are you looking at? She's like, (laughs) Yeah, right. She goes, Did the dog shit in the house? (laughs) <laughs> that, that that my
1: friend is the smell of glory is what that is
0: no i did not want to because i was ashamed <laughs> of eating them and i did not want to admit it to her and so i just said i didn't the dog did not shit in the house but i did say yeah the dog's been gassy and i uh-huh. actually blamed i actually let the dog take the blame really for you brought you brought you blamed it on bolty i didn't i let him take the fall <laughs> oh my god all right let's That's move awful. on awful excessive misogyny rico for that smell not the white castle but for the song i have the lyrics available if you'd like to hear them please lay it on me whiskey bottles and brand new cars oak tree you're in my way there's too much coke and too much smoke Look what's going on inside you. Ooh, that smell. Can't you smell that smell? Ooh, that smell. The smell of death surrounds you. Angel of darkness is upon you. Stuck a needle in your arm. So take another toke. Have a blow for your nose. And one more drink, fool, will drown you. Ooh, that smell. Do you need any more lyrics, Rico? Uh, I think I'm good. So what we have here
1: is... our our, i don't did you want to call him a protagonist uh or the person referred that he's referring to in the song is as we all know is the guitarist uh gary rossington right yeah um he's the guy that wrapped his car around a tree um because and here's the story in case anybody doesn't know he said yeah, man, when I go, when I used to go out and drink and shit, I used to like take a quaalude at the end of the night and it helped me go to sleep. But in this particular night, I took it too early and I passed out in the car while I was driving and wound up hitting a tree. So it wasn't like, and then, and here's the, here's the problem I have here, Scott. So we've got that. He's not really saying, yeah, man, I had an issue. I fucked, you know, I, we were, we were fucking taking everything under the sun and it was really causing problems. No, his, his answer was, I took the Quaalude too soon. That was his answer. (laughs) I took the fucking time. Had he he waited like a half an hour, Uh an hour, this song probably would have never gotten made. (laughs) The other problem I have with this is Ronnie Van Zant's comments about wanting to write this song. And here's the problem I have here. He's like, quote, I had a creepy feeling things were going against us, like it's somebody else's fault, right? So he said, so I thought I'd blow lines, Slam some H and write a morbid song. Here's the problem I have with this, Scott. This is supposed to be like A, our 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 the our character in the story said, Well, the only reason I fucked up is because I took the Quaalude too early. And then the other guy says, Yeah, I'm gonna write this cautionary tale, but before I do that, I'm gonna fucking blow some wind and slam some H. <laughs> and then I'm gonna write this song and tell you to and, and give you this message of do as I say. Here's where here's where the do as I say, not as I right. do comes into play. So so then, any kind of message that they were trying to convey loses all credibility because of those things. So that's the problem. i there's no obviously there's no misogyny in here because there's no mention of that at all. It's gonna get a zero for me. But these two things that I mentioned just kind of, kind of throw me off, and it, the song just kind of loses it for me from that perspective because they're not saying we had an issue. And we made some bad choices. Their bad choice was the timing of the quaylude Scott.
0: Yeah, this is Ronnie Van Sant with a needle dangling out of his arm, a, a yeah. cigarette dangling out of his mouth and a beer in his hand lecturing Gary Rossington, who just passed away this past year, by the way, um, yeah. you know, for his behavior. So, yeah, it is totally my dad with like, you know, a Budweiser and a Marlboro telling me, don't you dare drink or smoke. You know, who wants to hear that shit? You know what I mean? You got, everybody's got to kind of be on board. I suspect everybody was really upset because this Oak tree accident caused the uh, tour to be postponed that they were getting ready to leave on and exactly Probably cost the entire band some money they but. did It. did cost them a
1: lot of money and like he's like <laughs> to, to your point it's so funny he's like oh you fool you go on stick them needles in your arm Ooh, i know that i've been there before as he's got a needle sticking in his <laughs> arm so he's kind of like chastising gary rossington even going as far as as calling him prince charming because of all right. this shit and so as he himself is down that same road, but he's chastising somebody else. So do you see the the um, the the hypocrisy of the whole thing? I just it just I it, it loses it for me because of that.
0: Rife with hypocrisy, but not excessive misogyny. So I too am going to score it a zero. Let's move on. Yeah, category three, wanton whiteness. That smell, Leonard Skinner, Rico. How do you score?
1: I mean, what I will say is the the quota in the, again, my opinion, but we are scientists, and I'm 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 gonna say that the quote unquote cautionary tale certainly not a white thing. I mean, we've seen, you know, there's plenty of cautionary tales out there that are completely blues related, and especially with related to, you know, don't get involved with that woman because she's gonna do you wrong, right. So right. the, the the cautionary tale itself is not necessarily white bread material. You see what I'm saying? I but do. Southern rock is totally white bread. America, that is whitey stuff, man. So I, uh, man, I want to, I'm going to split the difference, dude. If you can believe that I'm going to split the difference and do a 0.5 on this because Southern rock is totally white bread, but the cautionary tale isn't necessarily white bread, so I'm going to split it down the middle and give it a 0.
0: 0.5. Yeah, um, I you make a good point, man. Um, it's just an interesting, um, you know, the whole southern rock thing. I think of Leonard Skinner as being like always in my life they were always on the radio if you were if you were growing up in the in the terrestrial radio era i mean they were a staple of rock radio and there's nothing lighter than classic rock radio and every other (laughs) song on classic rock radio would be would be sweet home alabama simple man free bird um that smell i mean Give me back my bullet. I mean, if if I bet if I turned on 97.5 right now, they'd be playing one of those four or five songs. I would bet money on it. They just this is, I mean, to me, it's funny. We live in Ohio, (laughs) northern Ohio, and but we grew up on a steady diet of southern rock. I mean, I know you're during your childhood, but this is like we had a steady diet of southern rock in northeast Ohio. So it's so to me. This is like when I think of, and I grew up in Cauga Falls too. So it's like, a, you know, I later lived in Akron, but when I think of just, I just think of a bunch of white people listening to Leonard So I know, right? But <clears throat> to your point, my voice is going to flame out on me here. Um, to your point though, I think I am in spite of that going to split the difference and give it a 0. 0.5 because- yep. I'm just trying to think of this song and you're right. You do see this lyrical content kind of crossover into other genres, but um, yeah, I'm going to go with a 0.5 on this one. Mm, Awesome. Let's move on. Category. By the the way, real quick, real quick.
1: Give me back my bullets. Fucking love that song, dude. That's probably my favorite
0: Leonard Skinner song. Give me back my bullets. Dude, but I love all their songs, but I'm just a white ass middle-aged dude who was raised with this shit pumped into my veins so i don't know (laughs) what to say i mean if if ronnie van Zant had a needle dangling out of his arm i had like you know street survivors like you know jammed into my my arm somehow you know like a cracked (laughs) lp dangling out of my arm but um (laughs) anyway let's move on category four malignant machismo that smell leonard skinner rico how do you score
1: yeah, man the the hypocritical cautionary tale coming from a southern boy doing some southern rock that is that puts the malignant in malignant machismo, in my opinion. This I haven't usually. I mean, and in, in some cases, Scott, we've given out scores and we've actually have given some positive feedback on people's machismo over the course of all of our episodes. Right. But this one is puts the malignant and malignant machismo. This is a full one. If I could give a higher score than a 1.0 for malignant machismo for this, I would certainly do that. So this is, this is a
0: a ripe 1.0 for me. Yeah. I agree. A thousand percent. I mean, The lyrics are again, these are this is a dude who's got substance abuse problems lecturing someone else about their substance abuse problems. And so it's, it's what could be more macho than simply being, I don't know, like aggressively naive to your own kind of disposition, right? I mean, (laughs) men are always. We're always clueless fucks, right? So it's like, this is just the ultimate and kind of like a dude talking shit who has no business talking shit. And they're all good points. The message here is on point. Let's not forget that. I mean, this is a warning about, Hey man, if you keep going down this path, you're going to die. I mean, so it's a, it's, it's a righteous message, but surely the vehicle from which it's being delivered cannot be ignored and it is macho to basically talk shit with nothing from which to back it up in terms of your own actions right so i would give this uh like like you said i mean if i could score it higher than a one i would it's it's amazing to me how if you look at like this record is called street survivors yeah, and it's literally written and released like months before a plane crash kills most of the band right (laughs) yeah and can you escape the irony of the title street (laughs)
1: survivors with the album cover with 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 like the shit on fire
0: behind the band (laughs) yeah they're engulfed in flames and <laughs> literally if you're on the street you're what you're on the ground i know. <laughs> I, I know.
1: You know what I mean? It's like the, so. The, the irony of it all, right? It's right. Amazing. Your
0: feet are firmly planted like on the <laughs> ground if you're on the street. Of course, you're going to survive. You're safe. You're not 10,000 feet up in the air, right? right? Yep. But the irony of it is just like it's hard to like wrap your mind around whenever you look. I'm staring at the album cover right now and the know, title I'm looking looking and I'm too. like, everybody there is going to be dead with the exception of like a couple guys, right? Yep. And so it's just. Stunning in that sense. And then there is that sense of like Ronnie, if you read a little bit, he always felt and would tell everybody, Oh, I'm never gonna get to 30. You know, see he had this idea, this this smell of death, this angel of death that he's trying to warn Gary about. He felt that like on himself, you know. Um, so that just it's a it's an eerie kind of I don't think the song itself is eerie because it's kind of, you know when a chorus is ooh, that smell with with background singers, it's kind of like upbeat in a way, but, (laughs) but the song is like, it's, it's grim, you know, it is a grim tune, man. Well, let's talk about
1: it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say just, it's not just that one song. It's like the entire, the, the whole ball of wax, the whole vibe of everything is
0: just eerie and weird. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's move on. Let's culture vultureism, yep. Rico. That smell, Leonard uh, Skinner, How do you score? Yeah, man. I mean,
1: they're they're one of the Southern Rock OGs, right? Them them and Almond Brothers. I mean, yeah, they were they, they they they're not the first to, you know, play country music, but they're they're certainly them and Almond Brothers are certainly the OGs of Southern Rock and. And uh, there's nothing vulturistic about that. I mean, if you want to talk about, gosh, you know, talking about the the, uh, you know, the 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 negative aspects, the pangs of substance abuse, I mean, that's been done before. I mean, Clapton did a song about Coke and you know that 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 whole, that whole water has been traversed before. So I guess you could, you could probably, you could probably give him a ding for that, um, but but uh, I'm probably going to split the difference on this because this isn't the first time a song like this has been written, um, not the last either. They weren't the first ones to do this. I'm going to give him a point five.
0: Yeah, I, you know. I'm gonna score them a zero on it. I just I just feel like, you know, like you said, they're they're kind of widely recognized as yep. originators in this For scene. Sure. So I understand why you're giving them a point five there, but um yeah, I'm gonna give him a I'm gonna give them a zero here as well. So, or I guess alone a zero. Um, yeah. I was glancing down, I got distracted because I glanced down at my want and whiteness score and I was <laughs> thinking, did I penalize them for being white? And then I'm thinking, oh, I'm trying to oh, wonder shit. how I how I worked that in there. Um What did you give
1: him for want and whiteness? I gave him a point five. So I felt Oh, and good. I gave him a 0.5 also. Yeah. So I, neither one of us hit him with the obligatory point five. Well, we can we
0: can give them it's okay. about that.
1: Dude, it's a that's nah, our fucking science, dude. We can do with it whatever we want.
0: Well, I get the feeling it's not gonna make a difference in the final nah. score anyway. But um Nope,
1: I don't think so either.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give them a zero for culture vulturism. <laughs> I mean, again, these guys are um you know are they hall of famers i can't recall but they're um not that it matters we've all discredited the hall of fame after the dolly parton fiasco but um (laughs) (laughs) no offense to her obviously she tried to get out of it yeah i mean the only thing is you know it's like writing a song that smell um you know for years as a kid i never really heard or paid attention to the lyrics i just thought it was farts you know so (laughs) You know, and that right. in and of itself would be like incredibly forward thinking and brave. Right. Cause there aren't a lot, there's no real, like, you know, <laughs> fart rock out there. Right. So it's like <laughs> they're <laughs> so originators be- no matter what.
1: <laughs> Maybe we need some more songs about farts and bodily odors. <laughs> I think that'd be cool.
0: I could do it. All right, Rico. Sure. So let's tally them up, buddy. What have you got?
1: All right. Let's see. We've got, uh, I got three points, dude.
0: Three points. And I've got 2.5 for a grand total of 5.5
1: points. Squarely, you know, again, dude, like I we keep we keep repeating ourselves every week because well we can. Science fucking works. The song is right where it ought to be. Yeah.
0: Man. Yeah. Um I agree with it. I mean, I've got no issue with where it lands. No, um, me either. Me either. It's
1: got some problems. However, not enough to throw it over the edge, but it's not completely squeaky clean either. You see what I'm saying? So, again, it's right where it ought to be.
0: Are we okay with Leonard Skinner touring with uh, with just a handful of, you know, I guess, are there any original guys left in the band? I mean, I think it's all... There. Um, Johnny.
1: Uh, yeah, dude. Well, they're touring with uh, fucking ZZ
0: Top, dude. I mean, are we okay? I guess. Right? Have no am I choice, right about right?
1: that? Right? I think I th- am I, I'm. right about that, right? They're touring with ZZ Top.
0: Ah, it feels like a tour that would exist, even if you're wrong. I feel yeah, like are, I can we agree have, with it.
1: Do, do we have two out of the three guys from ZZ Top still, or are we down to one?
0: No, we've got two out of the three. The bass okay. player Dusty Hill passed away, but yeah, we've, but we've, we've got, got two uh, out of the
1: three. we've got beard and the drums, and then the guy with the beard whose name isn't beard who plays guitar.
0: Looks got like it. if I'm looking at the lineup, looks like the only guy who was with them from the outset is the is the drummer was with them from '71 to '72 and then '96 yeah. to present. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, man. I know
1: Rossington uh, uh, was torn with him and all the way up until he died. Yeah, so um, he would have been the OG, OG. Yeah, like him, him, yeah, him and the drummer. I think probably that's about it, really. Yeah, could be wrong on that. I'm sure our, I'm sure our uh, resident fact checker will correct us on that because, you know, that's that's what he does. So,
0: looking forward to that. What do you think of this? Remember the Universal Fire. Leonard Skinnerd was among hundreds of recording artists whose original master recordings were believed to have been destroyed in the 2008 universal fire. Oh, so, that's right. So all their shit's gone too, man. God damn.
1: Like what's Fuck worse, duck, man? What's worse that that fire or like the, the old, like Alexander, the great library fire Bay way back 2000 years ago,
0: probably the record, probably the music fire, dude. Yeah. What's worse, the fire in my bunghole the day after eating frozen White Castle burgers. Okay, so let me hit you on that. So when you
1: eat, when you ate those White Castles, did you really have like extra
0: stinky farts afterwards or was it just kind of typical? I can't remember that they jacked me up at all, to be honest with you, but they did smell terrible. I mean, they filled the entire house with just a rancid scent. I mean, when my wife walked in the door, man, her whole face just went sour. And she was like, what is that odor? And it was not recognizable as being food, which is why she legitimately thought the dog shit in the living room.
1: Yeah, and you totally you totally let your fucking dog take the hit on that too.
0: I had to, God, man. man. Uh, either that or I gotta like kinda own the shame of having eight frozen white. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and officially I mean, well well, let's just clarify that there's nothing shameful about White Castle. In fact, if White Castle wants to sponsor us doing an episode at a White Castle, we would gladly do that. We love White Castle, by the way. Um, but you know what's weird about that? About dude, COVID, man. You know when I got COVID, Couldn't my smell. nose, I could, you know, you know. And that was when did I have COVID? Like two years ago, something like you that. You know, my that. nose is still kind of fucked up. Like there's still some shit that I can't smell real great. Two years later, I, I mean, remember, I remember being over your house that one night, and my nose was really, really fucked up. And the person that you're married to. Um, lit up a candle. <laughs> and uh and it was i i knew that the candle probably smelled nice i don't remember what kind it was but and i didn't want to say anything i totally ate a greenie on this one because to me it smelled like fucking rotting death because of how my nose was <laughs> fucked up because of covid and she was taught and, and we were we were talking and that candle was going and i swear to god i was dying inside because it's to me it smelled so bad and i know to her it was like lighting up her life and i didn't want to say anything, and I, and, and I didn't want to make her feel bad, but I really wanted to throw that fucking candle out the window, Scott, to be honest with you, because <laughs> it was literally killing me. Um, but yeah, dude, my nose still isn't right from that shit, man.
0: I mean, not having a sense of smell in my presence could actually be a positive. Yeah,
1: man. I mean, well, totally, especially if you're going to throw it on some white castles, you know, like you, I'm willing to pay that price. If, 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 uh, <laughs> if, if, um, if, if I have to deal with extra stinky shit and extra stinky farts in order to enjoy some White Castle, I'm probably going to make that sacrifice.
0: I got to tell you, man, I don't know if it's like a byproduct of getting older or what, but I am more gassy now than I think I've ever been at any point in my life. And my diet really is no different. It's remarkably yeah, consistent. But the, the farting is just it's every morning. It's when I wake up, I am just farting all morning long and the entire everyone i live with hates me you know what fucks
1: me up is uh i buy these Have you ever seen like in the granola bar aisle the the uh the little squared the little fiber one bars they're like oh squares yeah in the blue box they're like 70 yeah. calories right yeah. i get this i get the cinnamon ones all the time they're the fucking bomb dude they taste like little mini coffee cakes and sometimes i get like you know, some fucking fat free whipped cream and I pull a whipped cream on top and I have it with some cold brew or something. Right. Nice. But dude, let me tell you something. Those fucking fiber bars, as awesome as they are, make me, they turn me into the fucking good. Your blimp, man. I get so goddamn gas. I eat two of those motherfuckers and I'm farting for the whole rest of the day. It's, it's annoying as hell.
0: I feel like I spend most of my life suppressing farts at this point. (laughs) Like when I'm at work, I'm just miserable the whole day because all I'm doing is I'm feeling bloated and holding back farts. And that's like the entire, I can't pay attention. I can't engage with people properly. Can't, you know, look someone in the eye and actually like intently kind of listen to them and absorb, no, what because all you're these.
1: thinking about is making sure that one doesn't fucking squeak out on you. That's right. I've got, somebody. I'm
0: just, I've got my ass cheeks clamped together so tight just, and I'm just all, my stomach is just all gurgly and I'm just holding back farts. And I'm thinking, I'm just praying to myself. Oh my God, please don't let this thing squeak out because it'll be humiliating and I'm miserable and I need to go to the bathroom and try to fart.
1: Right. So that's my next question. So when you're spending all fucking morning holding in those white castle farts and then you finally get a chance (laughs) listen to me you got to answer this and you get a chance to go to the john and fucking let her rip right and you're like okay finally i'm going to go to the bed now do you have public restroom or is it like a one person bathroom
0: no it's public
1: Okay, good. Better. Better for my question. <laughs> so you go into the public restroom with this kind of like you, you're almost physically smiling because you know you're going to let some shit go, right? And no. it's going to be loud and ugly. That's what I'm saying. What's worse? Holding the farts in. Now speak like globally here. What's worse? Holding the farts in or going to the bathroom and letting it fucking rip and somebody walk in while you're doing it and hearing, all, and hearing you make all that noise. I will That's deal
0: worse. with the public humiliation for relief because at All least right. I have a little bit of anonymity behind the the door. <laughs> but the problem is, is that, and this is why when my wife gets mad at me for farting so openly at home, I'm like, you don't understand if I hold it back, it ain't coming. And then I'm just miserable. <laughs> So when I'm holding them back all day at work, I'm like, okay, I'm finally going to go to the restroom and try to squeak it out so I can get some relief. Then I can't fart and then it's not coming and I'm just left with the bubble gut. Dude, just, just uh, get yourself, get, do what I do. If you're having
1: some trouble in that arena, just get you a box of those fucking fiber one bars. They're delicious. And. They'll certainly help you out because they you're not holding that shit back. You're not holding fiber back. Fiber farts, you are never holding back, man. What I'm saying though is out.
0: that when when I need to fart, I should fart and not and what, what's hurting me is holding it back. That's why you know the me too movement. That's why I told my wife we should have the me poo movement, where <laughs> we're no longer judged for farting. I should be free right. to fart whenever I want. That everybody way does be, it. Right. That way I don't have to be miserable all the time. Like, I came like home a, one night from work and my kids had written up a contract about my farts telling me daddy will not <laughs> fart wanting wanted me to sign it. I'm not kidding because they all hate me because of my ass because of that I mean, smell. Do, do, do you have
1: like I have I have an office and I can and like and any of us that have offices, we close our doors and like nobody bothers us. They'll knock first. Right. Are you in a position to where you can just fucking let her rip at your desk and, and get away with it? No,
0: I have an office too, but we work with our doors open unless we're on a Zoom call or something. So
1: you couldn't couldn't
0: even fucking try and squeak it out without noise? Oh, no. No. And plus, Uh, I can hear the guy in the office next to me. I can hear all his phone calls when he's he's on the phone. I can hear it through my wall. So I'm sure if I let rip what I got cooking, he would hear.
1: (laughs) Do you you have (laughs) so you don't have enough control over your fucking anus to be able to make it come out without making noise?
0: I mean, I could, but I don't want to stink the whole place up. I mean, there's an, there's a smell that comes along with it too, <laughs> that smell. There was one morning, though, when I did get to the restroom and I was able to fart, and I was stunned at how loud and long it was. I almost texted you to be like, dude, you should have heard this because I was so proud of it. <laughs> that would have been my best day ever if you texted was, me about dude. that. <laughs> I mean, I let out the longest loudest part of magic oh it just god. went on and i was so full of air <laughs> and gas it just went on and on and on it was like someone had looped it in garage band it was rid- <laughs> it was ridiculous <laughs> oh my god it's fucking hilarious all right
1: i'm gonna go i think we gotta go now because i'm gonna go shit my pants <laughs> i've been holding in some you know what that's one thing i don't do see people may or may not know this but when we're recording if i have to let a rip while we're recording i actually try and get the mic to pick it up and but i don't think the mic's ever picking them up dude i think in the doors
0: episode when we did oh it again, that's right i think <laughs> we both right. had that's, gas that's right. in that episode and we were farting that was right. but we didn't succeed in getting it caught on mic yeah true well maybe we maybe we have to do something about that because we have the cheapest (laughs) microphone setup imaginable so if we so much as pop a p the whole thing overmodulates. and so i think our farts i think all our farts did was create like this uh it's like the phil specter wall of sound where the the whole thing was brick walled like a fucking rick rubin album and everything was fucking clipping because of our farts yes. so it wasn't even recognizable to the
1: listeners being a fart they just think we have terrible recording but jeez that that doors episode i mean the the audio was so bad on that what the <laughs> hell is going on oh it was just my fart clipping the audio it's no big deal <laughs> <laughs> hey man we're content creators what do you what do you want from yes. <laughs> well,
0: i got some fucking content for you that's for sure all right gang, it's been rock and roll autopsy. Good night now. Die! 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 Let me have that special rock and roll music. Yeah!
1: Let me tell you, So the lyrics to real rock
0: music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous.
1: It's like a mystique. There's no mystique anymore.
0: I'm gone. <laughs> I'm, gone. I'm gone.
1: Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email to rock and at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, we'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. Well, you know, that's just like uh Your opinion, man.